Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the Digital Workspace inner workings. Welcome, Zoltan, onto the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Do you want to give everyone an introduction to who you are? Thank you so much, Ryan, for inviting me. So my name is Zoltan. I'm the co-founder and co-chair of Tech London Advocacy, Remote Working and Global Tech Advocacy Future of Work Group. And besides, I'm the founder of futureofwork.uk, and uh, I'm in the process of launching uh, our new website. And I have a vast experience in remote working, tech and digital. I built uh, satellite offices, managed large remote, large uh, software development teams in the past. So all this uh, work 2.0, hybrid work, flexible remote working it's uh, really my sweet spot so i've been there and done that yeah you got a, an intense passion for it uh, judging from what um, i've seen so far do you want to talk a bit about future of work your, your new website you're going to be launching Yes, thank you so much uh, for your kind words. And uh, yeah, so what what I realized is that there are quite, so our workplace and uh, workspace is changing and how we work is just generally changing. So all future of work is uh, what I see is that basically we are redefining how we work and live. And uh, the issues that I'm seeing that many companies don't know where to start and what's happening, what's going on, how everything will look like from the operational perspective, how you can promote uh, employees, how you make make sure that the, the culture is the right one, how you manage lead remotely in the digital space, when actually you need to get together, do you actually need to get together, if you have an interna- international team, how you communicate with them. So there is a, the topic is enormous and huge. And uh, what I did actually is that I managed to capture the big picture and I broke everything into six uh, sections, categories, basically. So I'm I'm seeing that uh, we need to talk about people, leadership, workspace, body and mind, learning, tech and digital. And basically based on these six uh, categories, I'm able to help companies to pinpoint their issues, challenges, and come up with the solutions as well. Okay. And um, I mean, you mentioned those six, do you want to go through each one in a bit more depth? Yes, I could. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. fine. So when it comes to people, so we are all talking about the diversity, equality, inclusion. So for example, how we make sure that our company is inclusive. So for example, how we how we can ensure that, uh, for example, disabled people can uh, join our company because they it can happen that actually they can't leave their house for various reasons, but they can. It can be that they are really uh, technically and digitally skilled, or they have good customer service skills, so they could work remotely. So how we make sure that we can tap into these talents and uh, how we can build the right culture and engagement in the digital space. So again, understanding the different levels and layers of communication and how you onboard the junior you know, team member, how you, how you make sure that they feel welcomed and uh, embedded in the whole company. So how you attract global talents, how you promote people, 
and how you ensure that the productivity stays on a high level without burning out your employees. Then the second section is the leadership. Again, I'm talking a lot about uh, digital leadership and management because leading and managing in a digital space is completely different than in the office environment. So people need to learn how to how to do that. So that's why I'm always saying that thinking is not enough. If you want to work remotely, you need to do both think and do because that's the only way how people will able to see actually what you are doing and are you approachable you know the, the, when you are if, if you are a senior leader and uh, you need to communicate change as well that's also important make sure that you know if you are changing anything in the company that all your employees the junior employees will understand why things are you know like being done on a way that you are you know changing and how you build collaboration and networks within the organization internally and actually externally as well the third uh, category is the workspace so again my view is that uh, we need to build 100% uh, remote companies and build hybrid and anything else on top. So this will enable us to create a 100% flexible environment and basically employees can work from anywhere, which means that if they want to go to the office, they can go to the office. If they want to go to their local hub, they can go to their local hub. If they opt to work from home, they can opt, for, opt to work from home. If they want to work from a different country, they can do that as well. So that's why it's important that they Actually, we understand and and work, you know, we work out, you know, the workspace as well. And uh, when we are talking about national and international hubs, compliance and legal. So when it comes to global <laughs> talents, it will be, again, important to understand that uh, if you are, for example, on a UK payroll and you live in another country, you are paying basically tax here in the UK. And I see that government started to picking to pick this up. So it's important that make sure that uh, this compliance and legal, the legal side of things, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's the right one as well. Then yeah. the fourth one is the body and mind. So I'm really into embodiment, mental health and resilience, physical health, physical fitness, sleep how we make ensure that we have a life and work work life balance and why we still work it's really important that we still have fun and we know how to detach on a daily basis from our devices from the digital and the, the, from the digital space and from just stepping back from the technology because uh, you know the tech and digital is basically taking over or over our lives so it's really important that we know how to step back how to look after each our, ourselves physically and mentally as well because it's important and i'm doing a lot of work on myself on a weekly basis for three years three years almost again you know for example sleep is really important to make sure that we have a really good night's sleep and there is a lot of things uh, that can affect our sleep because again let's not forget that we are still in the middle of the pandemic so there is a lot of things happening personally and uh, at our workplace as well so that's why it's really important that we put our health to our priority list. So basically our health should be our top priority, regardless, you know, what we are doing and where we are. And the fifth uh, section is the learning. So dig digital learning, upskilling, reskilling, mentoring, coaching, the personal development. It's again, it's really important because again, as I touched on the leadership that the people need to learn how to operate in a digital space and lead and manage in a digital space. <laughs> 
It's also important that, for example, we all know that the hospitality industry, the tourism has been affected big time by the pandemic. And for example, I know that I know quite few people who work in hospitality, they have excellent customer service skills and a bit of upskilling, reskilling, they could become a project manager or an account manager and just join a tech or a digital company. So it's really important that we tap into these industries mm. and uh, talents as well. And we have these discussions because there is a lot of courses out there. But again, companies need to pick this up and, you know, make sure that actually we are talking about these things. So when it comes to the six uh, categories, the technology and the digital, so this underpins everything, even just, you know, now our call, you know, we it's, it's important because we would not have been able to have this call without the help of technology and digital. So I see that the augmented reality, virtual reality, holograms, IoT, AI, they will take the digital collaboration, all this remote working to a completely new dimension. So there is a ton of digital tools and platforms, software, SaaS and automation. So again, it's really important that we understand how all these tools and softwares can help our work and make sure that we are more productive and efficient. Because again, there is so much, there's so many things out there that it can be overwhelming. So it's important that we drill down and understand how these, how technology and digital could help us and also i'm really into green tech as well so because we are working you know a lot in the digital space technology and digital again it's just more and more products are coming out and uh you know coming out and helping our life we are still in the same time we are generating a lot of data so it's really important that for example if the data is where where the data is stored is the data stored on a server which uh, server farms are being powered up by green tech so again this is really important because of the climate change and we need to discuss this as well and again the 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 other fundamental thing is cybersecurity. So again, you know, this is uh, really important, like how you share, what you share, if you are using a work, work laptop, you know, what, what, what's the purpose of that laptop? Are you using for personal, you know, personal, uh, for personal stuff as well, or are you just working on it? So, and how do you connect, you know, to, to certain, you know, servers? So again, this, this cybersecurity is something that uh, it will be a, it's, it, it is already a big topic and we just have to discuss the, the security aspect of things. Mm. Sure. There's quite a lot there. Um, yes. and, and, and in some senses, as you were talking, I was thinking you've pretty much summed up, you know, everything we touch on in the podcast, um, to an extent we try, you know, I, I've never really classified them by these six things per se, but if I think about it, I've got an episode for every single one of these, um, Correct. at the very least, um, which is great that we're talking. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, this, this, you know, it took me quite a long time to put my head around all these things. And I had a ton of conversation and discussions. And really the problem is that companies don't know where to start because the topic is enormous. It's huge. But what I see is that it's important that people understand, okay, this is the big picture. And now what's next? So the next will be, it's a discovery assessment to understand the issues and challenges, goals, and, you know, the deliverables like outcomes and uh, that's it's really important that uh, that the companies will understand that this is a, basically it's a transformation it's a change and uh, you know it's it's but they it's it's really important that they see the big picture because without that it will be just if we are just talking about 
I will give you an example just about technology. And we are talking about, uh, let's say, companies having productivity issues, and they they think that if they install a tool, then they will they their productivity will be over the roof. It it won't happen because it's a lot mm. more than that. Just than just you know installing you know any kind of uh, tool from the from from the market now. And this is this is what uh, this is what companies need to need to understand because productivity can come down to a lot of other things. For example, leadership, how how your you know manager is managing the team. Are they you know creating the right environment? Maybe the employees' environment where they work, whether they work from home or from the office, or maybe they have some personal issues. So this is why it's, it's really important that the the leadership is actually upskilling themselves as well because they need to you know look beyond things and uh, and and then it's, it's just crucial to be honest yeah and, and a couple of things you said there which which resonated with me so so building remote first um or designing for remote first i think that's a key key step i think there were a lot of companies that when the pandemic started and people were forced to work from home had never thought about remote working or distributed working or empowering their staff with the right tools and and technologies um and then in the same token uh, a lot of these things have been driven by technology first as opposed to people first yeah. and and I was and I was glad that you started with people first in your sort of the clock uh, of options because it is the person first and what they do and how they do it that's that's it sort of sets the, the the direction of travel to what you need to focus on to deliver exactly i mean to be honest you know people people sit in heart of all the businesses right i mean people are driving businesses forward and the technology is uh, it just helps to deliver all this and that's why we need to look after you know people after ourselves and uh, you know because this the, the, for me this is the bottom line and that's why again when i'm when i'm when i'm talking about remote first it's it's really all about building the operational resilience which means that if you know how to operate 100% remotely if another pa- pandemic happens or another lockdown or who knows what then your company is in a position that they can work from anywhere right but you are still in a position to offer office space or hubs for your employees if they would like to so it's really mm. about creating that freedom and building basically uh, the the busy, basically we are building our work around our life and not vice versa yeah it's funny you see that exact phrase what well, i was going to challenge you on on, on business uh, work life balance because because work is part of life so you never balance them um work should be part of your life and, and you shouldn't be you know when, when i moved to the uk uh, i was bl- blown away fascinated shocked at what people worked in the sense of you know long commutes you know, putting in long hours in the office in the, in the city and then coming home and basically rinse and repeat um, all the time. Coming from South Africa where, you know, I was getting up early working, going to play, you know, nine holes of golf, then going to see some customers, you know, the, the sort of more flexible way of working. You know, I think people have done that now with the pandemic. They, they've gone for walks more often because I think walking is the most most common activity people do. They've worked, they, they take a break, they spend time with their families, they go for a walk, they, you know, the health has become a bigger factor. And I think overall productivity has improved, not because people are working necessarily longer hours, which I, I, mean, I know in some cases they are, but because they're a bit more balanced all round, you know, going back to your sort of clock of six things, it's not all in one side, which is just work, 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 work. 
Yes, exactly. And the other thing that uh, actually people forget that if you know how, if you have the discipline that you can work from home and you own everything, so you have the ownership that whatever you need to do, you will deliver it. It's really all about, you know, deep focus. So you are always, you know, when you work remotely, you don't have colleagues who will interrupt you and uh, distract you and stuff <laughs> like that. And you don't have the office politics either, right? If you work from home. So when you work yeah. from home, you are in a deep focused mode. So that's why if you know how to work remotely, then you are a lot more productive than anybody usually in the office because uh, you are sitting there and you are delivering, you are doing, and that's your main focus. And uh, this is again, something that uh, I see that more and more people People are coming, coming, uh, picking up and realizing actually that uh, I'm in a deep focus mode, and that's why I'm a lot more productive because uh, I don't need three hours to deliver something. Because you know, if I work from home, I'm not distracted. I sit at my desk, I just focus and just do it. Yeah, there's still, I still think it's an argument for being in an office or a social area once in a while and and whether it's two days a week or, or three days a week or whatever or, or you know once every two weeks whatever it is i still think there's value in facetime and, and having those those you know lunches and drinks and and whatever it is which builds up a relationship so that yes. you can go and do the deep work Yes, I mean, definitely. So again, you know, I'm, I'm not against, uh, you know, people you know, coming together. I think it's just for me, it's really all about, you know, giving the freedom for people to decide. And again, it can be occasions that, okay, you know, we need to get together face to face. Let's organize a meeting or something because we need to, because again, when I was head of delivery, when I worked remotely, I had, I still had to go to the office, to the London office and I had face to face meetings like once in every two months. So you know, for me, it was, it didn't really make sense for me to push myself to travel and uh, all, mm. all, you know, every day because I was exhausted by the time I got to the office and, uh, you know, it's, and th that affected me, to be honest. And so oh, again, that, that's why I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying that people shouldn't get together. I would just give them the option. And of course, you know, we are all adults. So if you need to get together, at, uh, whether, uh, whether in an office or in a hub, because, we need to discuss something or it's important that we get together, then, uh, you know, we will, we will get together and that's it. So it's, it's really all about, you know, being grown up and understand by again, making sure that we are not pushing people to go back to the office just for the sake of it. So it's, it's, it's just really giving the freedom to people, you know, what they would like to do with their life. Yeah. 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 You're right. I mean, it's a, it's been adults. It's trusting your people. Um, you know, being very clear on what, what's expected from them. So a results orientated uh, approach as opposed to a time, time and seat approach, which, exactly. is, which is pretty, which is pretty common. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've seen a couple of roles come up recently where, where most of them are saying remote, but one or two of them are still saying it'll be in the office. And, and I'm, and I've said to the recruiter that I, I could honestly say, I don't know who would actually take the job because if, if you if you've gotten used to being home with your family, being able to do stuff, being able to work still, you wouldn't want to give that up to be in the office five days a week. Um, Correct. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that this this will you know we'll see this will also affect how companies will able to attract and keep their talents. Because mm. I just recently read a few articles that actually there are some surveys and uh, data that uh, talents will just flood to the companies who can give them more flexibility and freedom. And uh, I, I believe that we will see some interesting trends, how, you know, bigger companies will start losing their talents if they won't change their approach. 
Yeah, no, you're right. And, and, and that's exactly it. I mean, I have seen anecdotally people on groups saying that if this company forces me in the office five days a week, I'm looking for a new job. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly that. Yeah, and and it's because of that balance. And and you know, when I moved to the UK, as I said, it was it was a shock to me that this this mentality of five days of the week in the office, and losing five, you know, fifteen hours a week of of productive time. Plus, you said, you know, the fatigue. You you get you know by Friday afternoon, you know, you, you can hardly function. You know, you sort yeah. of just checking email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. The only thing you could do. Yeah, exactly. So. And the the other thing is that you know it's not just the time. It's your energy as well, yeah. because it drains you. And you know th- th- that's why you know if if you're not traveling, then you can you know invest your time and you know do some exercise, be with your kids, or yeah. just sleep, or I don't know, do something. And again, you have the freedom <laughs> to go to the office if you want, or stay at home, or go to the, your local hub. And you know it's it's really all about you know people feel fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, the one argument I have heard categorically is that that in order to get promoted or to to um, be recognized for your work that you're doing, you need to be visible. You need to be in the office. How do you sort of countermand that? Well, this is I love this because uh, more and more people are, you know, talking about this, that you can't be promoted if you work remotely and stuff like that, which is um, I totally disagree because uh, I had my own department. And uh, so the, the thing is, it, it will go go down again to the thinking and doing. So you need to make sure that if you are a leader manager, you stay close to your team so you are approachable because by that you will be able to see how your team communicates with you, what they are doing, what are the outcomes, how they are delivering. And, you know, these are really the nitty gritties that, you know, mm. that matter. And based on that, you know, I, I'm able to, you know, to promote people and not to promote people. So for me, it really doesn't matter, you know, like if, if you are sitting in, in uh, seeing in uh, seeing each other in, in, in the office because for me what matter are the results and the outcome you know so it's I'm, I'm, I'm really no not like uh, it's I I, I, I don't it, it doesn't matter you know are we you know spending time together of course you know like again don't go don't get me wrong but when it comes to promotion it's I don't I don't see the connection between physical presence and promotion. I mean, I, 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 I can't connect why, why, I mean, like, I don't know why the two is connected, to be honest. Uh, look, I, I could see an argument for, um, you know, if you're seeing people every day, you'll build a level of trust that you won't get talking to each other on a, on a screen um, every day and, and doing things, you know, because you're in the same building, for example, you might go to gym together, you might play squash together, you might go for walks together, whatever the activities are and you create friends and, and all that kind of stuff. So I could see that kind of stuff. Um, now how would that feed into promotion? Well, you know, potentially you're, 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 you're visible to people that are making those decisions around promotion. Um, but then it means that you you are not focusing on the outcomes. You are more focusing Correct. on something else. And uh, basically, my approach is I'm focusing on outcomes. Of course, I'm, I'm, and I'm still building relationships. But uh, I wouldn't, you know, promote somebody just because you know we are going out and going to the gym and you know having fun and no. having pints and you know. No, so so what, what, I, what I'm saying is more the 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 perception of you being in the office. So if you're if the people making the decisions are seeing you in the office because they're in the office there's a frame of reference for them that you're always that you're that you're visible and you're and you're yeah. around as opposed to exactly what you're saying an outcomes-based 
scenario. Um, because if you're, you know, the people that, that and, and I've, I've worked in multinationals as well, and because you don't see the people working, sometimes you've got to check to make sure they are working on stuff. Um, and, it, and it's harder to sometimes quantify what they're doing if it's something that's like engineering where you, you know, software engineering where you're building so many things every week. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have a, a totally quantifiable figure. You just know that they're either good at what they do or they're not good at what they do. Um, and that, and that's sort of a, I think the structures have to be there to help you to make those decisions is kind of where I'm getting to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, and uh, it's when it comes to software development teams and for me, it was always, you know, we had deadlines and, uh, you know, I, I never monitored my team members, you know, when they, I know that, you know, many of them, they had families and sometimes mm. they just reached out to me, Zoltan, I need to, you know, take my daughter to the, to the doctor or I need to take two hours in the afternoon. And I said, that's fine. You know, just, you know, then they were always telling me, you know, like, if you give back the hours and stuff, I said, I really, I'm, I'm really not concerned about the hours. So we just have the deadline. So, you know, you can take, you, you just manage basically your, your, yourself. And then, mm. and then that's it. You, you know, that we have a deadline. So we are working towards that. And uh, people understood that. And uh, I, I never monitored them. I never asked them, where are you or what mm. do you do and stuff? I never, you know, and yeah, we're very uh, so we're very similar in that. I mean, we, we, we're currently implementing a thing called OKRs. I don't know what, if you've heard of that, um, which is objectives and key key results. So yep. deliver UX interface, the key results are, you know, design workshops um, and implementation, let's say. Uh, have you used something like that as well, or, or do you have a, a different methodology? A different, I, I heard, but I didn't use that. So basically what we had, we had milestones. And so we were, we worked basically on an agile way. And uh, we had, uh, we had uh, hard deadlines and then we had milestones as well. So when we were I know, delivering a project, which was six or 12 months, then we yep. were regularly on a weekly basis following up where we are. So basically we were measuring where we are with the, with the development and we, we compared, you know, everything, the, the progress with the timelines as well and whether there is any discrepancy and yep. so basically you know like it came down to the communication so the communication was crucial that we were discussing on a weekly basis what's happening on what's what's the progress whether you know like the devs stuck with something that could mm. potentially affect you know the timeline which means that that, that could cause delays if for example there is a, an integration issue and we could not solve this for two weeks and we see that you know it's it's really problematic so we were yeah. able to react so that's why when and the communication was really crucial and uh, so we had just an open discussion, you know, like regularly on a weekly basis and we will be able to, you know, conclude are we on track or not. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, you know, in, in what a lot of you said, the, the communication is quite important. So how do you, running a, a remote team or working remotely, how do you f make sure you're communicate, communicating enough, but not maybe too much or too little? What, what yeah. do you put in place? It's a, it's a good point when you are saying too much communication or too less. It's a really good point. So for me, when it comes to communicating remotely, it's really important that we understand that there is asynchronous and synchronous communication and uh, when we are using uh, asynchronous and synchronous communication and why it's actually crucial that we use both. 
And on top of this, it's really important for us to understand that in asynchronous communication, we have three levels of communication. On the top level, I'm always using emails. On a mid-level, I'm using a project management tool where you are tracking basically everything you do. And on a low level, I'm using, for example, Slack for more informal communication and direct communication. And it can mm-hmm. be really powerful because that's where you can build engagement, connect with people, and actually that's where <laughs> I'm really, uh, I, I do believe that, you know, we need to work on flat hierarchies in companies cause, and that's where, you know, for example, tool like Slack can build relationships between seniors and junior employees because you have the tool there and the junior employee knows that I can directly message the chief exec and mm-hmm. that gives them the, 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 the freedom that actually I have, uh, the, my, my chief exec is approachable, right? And, uh, that, that's why we need to make sure that these communication channels are working as expected. And, uh, you know, we need, it's, it's hard. I mean, like we need to put work on all this, but this is why it's important that, uh, we discuss all this asynchronous, synchronous communication and how you use these tools and how you make sure that the, the team is using as well and they know how to use it. How would you classify synchronous then? So synchronous is uh, basically the video calls. Okay, calls, yeah. Yes, basically video calls, yeah. Okay. And uh, it can happen that sometimes, you know, I start the trialing, sometimes I just, you know, pick up the phone and call people as well. So uh, that that could work as well. So again, it, it really depends. I understand that sometimes people are busy and they don't want to pick up the phone. But uh, again, when it comes to actually to synchronous communication, the crucial thing is that uh, you have, you always need to have an agenda and uh, prepare, do your homework and prefer, prepare for that call. Because just to turn up for a half an hour, an hour Zoom meeting, without an agenda and uh, it's just uh, it's just pointless it's just waste of time yeah no you're right and and, and with with the extra time we're getting we should be doing that sort of stuff which which we usually wouldn't have done because we're always rushing between offices or you know getting in from because of traffic or, or whatever into the office or, or leaving to get home to see the kids or something yes exactly um, yeah and, and i could see how you know face-to-face meetings would also be part of your synchronous um and, and having those as sort of dedicated days, maybe where you you go into an office and everyone's there for the meetings. So it's a lot more planning and, and August and, and orchestration um, to get people at the right right place, right time, doing the right things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the other thing is that you know having these regular communications in a virtual environment, it's uh, it's crucial. So I'm always talking about building and creating self-operating teams. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether we are talking about the five, ten, fifty, or hundred people. There needs to be someone who is leading that squad and driving that squad. And uh, it's it's and that's how I see that you know all this this is this this is the only way how things could work. So basically, people are taking the ownership and they have the discipline to to deliver. And but there is one lead, one leader who leads that squad basically. And then you are nicely allowing you know all the squad leads to get together and communicate and share. Mm. And that's how you can make sure that actually the information gets to the junior people as well. And they can approach, you know, like their squad lead and the chief exec as well. So it's really creating that harmony and that flat hierarchy. But it's important that people are taking the ownership and they have the discipline to do what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as you said, everyone's, you know, when you're dealing with adults, um, these sorts of things should be 
inherently part of the the makeup you know self-managing the right uh, attitude towards work in the sense of getting things done um collaborating talking to other people what are your i mean what's wrong with this picture in the sense i mean this is all all sort of good all the good things what 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 makes it not work I do believe there is one really big problem actually is the trust and many people are talking about you know I don't trust uh, they don't trust their employees we kind and they started you know monitoring them and stuff like that which is totally wrong because uh, how I work usually I always give trust to people so that that's that's how I start you know I trust you and then you know off you go and then uh, if things start to slip, then I will start questioning. And uh, then, you know, I, I make sure that, you know, I understand what's happening because uh, I gave you my trust, you know, I'm not monitoring, mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not there to, you know, like bully you or micromanage and, you know, put the camera and, you know, watch, are you sitting in front of your computer and stuff like that. So yeah. it's it's really all about, more about, you know, us, to, to open, basically we need to open up and uh, just to see, you know, like what will happen. And it, to be honest, you know, it, it worked very well for me. And uh, I see that, you know, this is, this is, this is, again, this is a really hot topic and people should change their approach, leaders and managers, they should open up and give trust to their employees first, give trust first, because that's the only way how you can get back trust, right? So, I mean, if my approach is, you know, I'm joining a company or a, a new employer, employee, the company and you know I will tell them you know I don't trust you because you just joined or or I just generally don't don't trust people until you don't prove I mean that creates a toxic environment right I mean mm. that, that's my start and you know it's just it's just wrong yeah yeah you're totally right um, and, and how do you build trust besides so, so if an employee says employer says here you go do the work um, you know, there's, there's got to be some level of comfort for both parties. I mean, what, what are you recommending to people in those sort of situations? So again, it, it will come down to the communication. So I'm always having regular meetings with my team on a weekly yeah. basis. And uh, it's really important that you build a relationship with them, you know, and uh, you, you need to invest time and energy. And this is the other thing that people think that, you know, we have a tool and then that's it, you know, like we are sorted, we don't need to deal with. And that, this is actually how you build relationship, trust and, you know, that culture within the company as well, basically. Mm. You you stay close to your people and they can always ask for help, they can always raise their hands. And, but you need to invest your time and energy and make sure that you, you are constantly communicating with them. So having a weekly meeting and then they know that they can reach you on Slack and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's really important that you, you are managing expectations on all sides. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you do about the fun side? You mentioned fun as part of your, one of the things you said, uh, how, how are you instilling fun in the workplace when everyone's remote? So, uh, for example, I, I'm, I'm using on, I used to, I mean, like I'm using on Slack, like a dedicated channel for fun and where people just can just, you know, like share something. We used to have just, uh, for example, a travel channel and uh, sometimes, you know, so when it, when it comes to, I, I recently experimented with, uh, with a new uh, tool online tool and that was a really interesting one and uh, i see that more and more products are coming to the surface how you can actually enjoy the fun online and uh, so that's one thing the second thing is that uh, basically you know people can just you know detach themselves and do whatever they want it's just really make sure that we focus on 
on fun as well, on, 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 on fun. So it makes sure that people don't forget that they can have fun while they work. So it's mm. really important they understand. So whether they are doing that with, with their team online in Slack or in any other tool, or they just, you know, like step away from their computer and they just have fun with their flatmate friends or they go out. It's really just the make sure that they will, they will, that we will stay human because we just need to have fun. So it's really the, 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 the fun element. It's making sure that we don't forget to have fun. It's really regardless, you know, how you do that and how you, 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 you make sure that, you know, it works. I know that for example, there was uh, one of my uh, friend, they, uh, they had an online uh, zoom meeting and uh, there was a, a llama. Uh, so somebody, so uh, there was a, a company who was organizing basically team building. So the, the aim was that all the, so the, the company order owner who had llamas in a farm dialed in to the zoom meeting to basically to the team team building. And, uh, they were basically just, you know, <laughs> looking around the llama and doing some stuff. So yeah. they were, you know, like various things that companies tried. So at the end of the day, it's really more about, you know, like breaking that work, work pattern is it's, it's really important. So that's, that, that basically, that's my point when it comes to fun, just not to forget to have fun. It's really, you know, regardless, what do you do and how do you do it? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, we, we were talking about it this week or last week, at least that, um, there needs to be, uh, we have it like a, a biweekly team meeting and we were talking, we were saying we need to do something in that. That's a little bit more team building fun. You know, is it telling jokes? Is it, um, playing games, uh, is it, a, is it a quiz night, whatever it is, just to, to bre- break that monotony, as you say, um, because it becomes a bit, uh, a bit dry otherwise. Yes, exactly. Um, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had another question for you, which I've just lost in my head as I was saying that. Oh, uh, time zones. How do you handle working with multiple time zones, different cultures, those sorts of things, different languages, even if English isn't the primary language? I think this is again, you know, like it's a really good question. So when it comes to time zones, I I know that there are few companies who are basically having 24 uh, seven, you know, workforce. Again, you know, it, it means that, you know, when you are having, uh, you know, like workforce in a different size of the globe, then basically if you know how to create the operations, then it means that, you know, if, 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 if you are in the UK are finishing at four or five o'clock, then, you know, on the other side of the globe, they can take over what we just, you know, finished and they can carry on working. So I think uh, this, it's really important that again, you know, like we open our, open up our mind and we try to uh, take the advantage of the time zone rather than, you know, approaching it as a disadvantage. When it comes to cultural differences, Again, it's it's a lot about you know our self awareness, and we we need to understand that different cultures they work or behave differently. So I'm coming from Eastern Europe, and I know that sometimes we can come across a bit too direct, and that can that can come across <laughs> you know too aggressive as well. So for example, I had uh, I had a client two years ago, and uh, so I was always involved in most of the email communication. So most of the time, I was just you know looped in. I really I. I always wanted to make sure that I understand what's happening. So I always ask all my team members, just please just CC me, you know, just, just, just for 
me for 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 just to make sure that you know I know what's happening on the ground, and I I know that one of the project managers sent an email and which was quite direct, and I knew that there will be a problem, and uh, when she sent the email, the client called me up and said that your project manager is rude, and uh, I said yeah I understand, and I saw the email, but you just need to understand that it's it's a culture, so the the email was really direct, and uh, then I explained this to the client, and then he was saying oh okay he did he was not aware of that and then he said this is absolutely fine so again you know like i apologized and i had this conversation with the project manager who said zoltan would you like me to send an email i said yes please and then when the project manager sent the email just to say sorry i didn't because you know like i didn't intend to you know to to offend you or anything then the client you know understood that and straight away we managed to build a really strong relationship with the client with this mm-hmm. small thing so you know when when actually you when we are talking about this culture it's it's really important that people understand that cultures you know work different differently so it's really important that we are aware of this and we are talk mm. about we are that we are talk about these things and it's it shouldn't be a taboo to be honest yeah you're right i mean our, our south africans are similar we're also quite quite blunt direct so yes you know, we get on very well with the Eastern Europeans, the Russians, um, all of them. In fact, you know, I've had some good trips in Russia where they they like, you know, they sort of appreciated the bluntness. So I, I don't know how it goes. I mean, you know, in the same token, it took me a long time in the UK to get used to the difference where it's not as blunt, it's a lot more polite and, and sort of circular, as I call it, or around the bush. Um, yes. Yeah. And it's just, and it, you've got to be, you know, thinking the same as you, when you work with the, with the Indian cultures, they, they always say yes, they never say no. Yes, correct. Um, you know, those sorts of things. You just got to, it's battle experience, I guess. Yes, exactly. But I think, again, you know, it's really important that, uh, so whenever I'm working with new cultures, so I open up and I just, you know, share how I work and what I expect. So I always expect that people are transparent, honest and direct. So, you know, just, they just, you know, say, say it. Because if they start sugarcoating and going around things and not, then that can that will cause you know more more issues than uh, than you know than 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 good things down the line. And uh, I know that people appreciate that, so that that that's how I always work, to be honest. Yeah, radical candor as um, oh, I can't think of the famous investor who said that, but they they work that way, um, and it, you know it, it cuts it cuts things down. Um, because you're not, you aren't, you aren't loading up what the problem is, you know, either it's good or bad or whatever it is. And, and exactly, you from there. exactly. You need to deal with it, you know, so there will be always issues, challenges in the company. So what I'm always saying, you know, I don't like cuddling pink elephants and, <laughs> you know, that's why we just need to talk about issues, challenges and see how we can, you know, solve those problems and come up with solutions and communicate this. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's just absolutely crucial. Yeah, yeah, no, spot on. And um, maybe in, in closing up, the, the, the association that you're involved with, um, the uh, sorry, Tech Fund Advocates. Yes. Tech Fund Advocates and global tech, global tech Advocates. Yeah. Yes, how does, how does that work? And, and if someone wanted to get involved, how would they get involved? So if they just uh, Google uh, Tech Fund Advocates Remote Working or Global Tech Advocates Future of Work, then they yeah. can join our working group uh Anybody can join our working group. So it's a, it's a global think tank and we are looking to share best practices, help people and connect people. Basically, we are, again, trying to make useful introductions, help talents to find the right, you know, uh, opportunities, companies to find, you know, global talents. 
we are looking to go global and have various have chapters in various countries across the globe. So it's really yeah. about you know creating collaboration, connecting people, and sharing. You know, and uh, because that's what I believe that uh, that drives you know our careers, economy, and ourselves forward. So it's all about you know what we can learn from each other. Fantastic, fantastic. And if you want to get hold of you, what's the best way to get hold of you? So the best is uh, if they can, they could email me at zoltan at zoltanvas.com or just uh, Google my name, Zoltan Vas. And uh, I'm sure that, you know, you will be able to find me on LinkedIn or my website will come up. Or if you come across any other article, I'm sure that you will be able to find my details there. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes as well. So people can get hold of you. Super. That's great. Thanks very much for, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Ryan. For, it was an excellent one. Thank you so much for inviting me. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.